Today, Andy Paul digs into improving sales win rates. Andy joins our host Colin Mitchell to discuss the alarming trend of low win rates in sales teams and the need for a shift in mindset. It's time sellers win more often than they lose. Colin, take it away. But then part of the problem is, you know, it's sort of become acceptable for teams to have a low win rate or to have a very small percentage, which I would consider a small percentage of quota attainment across teams. Yeah. What well, has, I mean, you look at and not to pick on SAS, but I mean, there's a perfect example of that, but it's, you know, there was uh, research done for some authors who wrote a book called strikingly different selling the, uh, the Franklin Covey organization commissions, third party to go out and do uh, research about win rates. And they interviewed, 4,000 or 5,000 companies, I can't remember which one, around the world, multiple industry segments, B2B, and average win rates were 17%. And, you know, in SaaS, we see the, a range, right, in the teens to 20s, sometimes in the low 30s. Yeah, people just sort of accepted this fact that we're just not going to win a very high fraction of our opportunities. And it's it's mind-boggling to me because, and I had this conversation with uh, my friend Dave Brock, who I believe you know, um, and, you know, in our careers, when we were growing sales teams and managing, you know, 35% win rate, Dave was talking about when he was at IBM, you know, somebody had a 35% win rate, they were coached to go find another career. <laughs> and we did the same thing. That was the minimum acceptable. And so, and it wasn't even acceptable. It's just the minimum to keep your job. And so we've now, this if you had 35%, you'd be a rock star. <laughs> yeah, which is just, ins well, but no, but when you talk to the real rock stars out there, when you talk to, uh, you know, like my friend Brandon Fluharty, uh, many people know, and yeah, I had the good fortune to coach him at one point on his rise. But yeah, win rate is everything. And he's a top seller. He was selling. Yeah, lots of big deals. Um, and his win rate was like 75%. Yeah. The top sellers learn how to allocate their time and focus on the opportunities. You know, and again, they make the right choices and work on the opportunities that are more likely to lead to a positive outcome. And they have high win rates. And I, I contend that as a seller, the minimum standard you should be shooting for is that you win more than you lose. Mm. That simple. Win more than you lose. And if you're not, then, yeah, there's some more coaching and development and other things that need to be done to help you get to that level. Because that's, that's the, really should be the minimum acceptable, stand, a minimum acceptable standard for you as an individual in your own career. Say, look, I need to win more often than I lose. Now, the bar I think is set low for a lot of sales organizations where, Very. you know, most people think, man, eh, 20% is not good. 30% is good. Right. Well, and yeah. So if you're a seller and you're thinking, well, Hey, you gotta, you gotta make a choice, right? Which is a lot of what we're talking about here mm -hmm. that whatever the bar is, if it's low, are you okay with that? Are you okay well, with losing yeah. almost twice as often as you win? And you shouldn't be. I think this is part of what drives people out of sales. It's frustrating. If I'd gone through my career with that type of win rate, I would have been amazingly frustrated. Because yeah. and it operates on multiple levels, which we'll get into. I mean, one is 
you know, if, if practice makes perfect and you've got a, let's call it a 30% win rate, what are you practicing most frequently? Losing. Losing, right? You're going to get pretty damn good at losing at a 30% win rate. Well, don't even get me started on practice because yeah. most aren't even, you know, most aren't even practicing. They're just showing up to game day and winging. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying is, you know, if you're just, <laughs> the, the things that you're repeating most frequently, you're technically practicing is, is, yeah, you're practicing losing. You're accepting the fact that you're losing. And it's like, why? Because there are plenty of counterexamples of sellers out there said, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lose. I am going to win a majority of my opportunities. And the way I do that is, you know, I get much more effective in terms of discovery and qualification, making sure that, you know, operating with a level of intent to make sure that there's a higher probability of you're going to win this deal. Yeah, I typically carried like a 1.5x pipeline coverage ratio throughout my career as a seller. And as I was running sales teams, that's what we wanted to see. Because if we had something in our pipeline, we were so proficient at the qualification that we were going to win the deal, Right. If we're going to invest the time in it, we're going to win it. So and people are just not operating that way, right? No. The, the, the ratio of pipeline that teams, you know, have on quota based on these low win rates are well, not what they used to be. It's self-fulfilling, right? It's your win rate is the reciprocal of your pipeline coverage ratio. If you've got a 5x pipeline coverage requirement, you're going to have a 20% win rate. Just as a rule of thumb. On average, that's what it's going to be. So you, know, you start creating this vicious cycle for yourself by getting into that loop. Instead mm -hmm. of setting the expectations to say, look, no. Our goal is, mine as a manager, is to help you win more than you lose. And how do I work with you to help you? And I have all this technology available. I can listen to calls. I can, you know, now we're starting to go back out on calls again. I can go with you. You know, all these things where I can help sort of develop you to get to the point where you can be in this position where you can win more than you lose. So let's, let's look at this from two different perspectives, right? Yeah. How does a sales leader address this problem? Let's start there. Mm -hmm. And then we can say, Hey, if I'm a seller and there's maybe, you know, some limited things, yeah, I have some choices, but there's also maybe some limitations on what I can or can't do. Possibly. Um, so let's start there. Sales leader, win rate, win rates are, you know, twenty percent, twenty five percent. Well, you have you to, know, quota you, uh, a pipeline, you know, ratio is five x is what I'm giving my team because I know based on our win rate. How do I fix this? Where do I start? Well, first of all, as a, as a sales leader, you have to care, Oof. right? And and that's that's really what starts, right? Because if your sellers are suffering with low win rates, and I call it suffering because that's really what it is, right? When you're, if you're operating in a low win rate environment, you're winning 20% of your deals. The fact is yeah. the buyer's making the decision to buy from you despite you, not because of you. Yeah. And, and, again, and it's a more serious problem than maybe we're even letting on, right? I mean, if, you're, if that is your job every day that you spend majority of your day doing, you're stressed out. You're depressed. You're, you know, you're unfulfilled. Mental health is probably suffering. I mean, well, they, but think about there's been research on this. Why do people stay in sales? 
right? We know a lot of people get into sales and think, oh, it's a great way to make money. Yeah, I'm money motivated. You know, I saw a video that a very senior sales leader, I, I was very disappointed because he was like, <laughs> talk about, ah, it's the first thing I look for is money motivation. It's like, mm. no, people need to have the intrinsic motivation. It's like, I want to do a good job. I want to help buyers. I find fulfillment from solving problems. You know, I, I want to, you know, test myself intellectually to be able to help, you know, in these situations. So money's certainly important, but it, it's it's not the driver. So if you think about why people are staying in sales, there are these motivations other than money. And like I said, a big part of it is, yeah, I'm serving other people. I'm helping. Well, you can't help a buyer if you can't win their business, right? If you're in this business, this profession, say, look, I'm trying to help Customers, I get satisfaction from helping them. Can't help them if you can't win their business. So that should be the first motivation, right? If I want fulfillment in my career, it's going to come from actually winning deals, not just from competing for deals. Yeah. And the way I win deals is, by again, by creating these buying experiences that differentiate me from the competitor who's going to be a little more salesy, a little more pushy, a little more manipulative, and I'm going to come in and I'm going to help the buyer and connect. I'm going to use my curiosity to understand what's really important to them, what's really driving the decision. And then I make sure I'm delivering value at every step of the way to help them make progress toward making that decision. If I can do that, I start having a pretty fulfilling career because I'm helping people solve problems and help yeah. people grow their companies and grow their businesses and so on. And I get... That's where, again, it becomes self-reinforcing as I win a higher fraction of my opportunities. Yeah, and that's why you see these sales teams, you know, measuring success on activity because it's like, yeah, that's how they're measuring whether me as a seller, whether I'm doing a good job or not. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, again, it's a cultural thing. It's the sales managers have to understand that that, the single most important metric for a salesperson, individual contributor, is their win rate. That's it. What else is more important than that? This because this yeah. is the buyer's vote on the value of the experience they had with the seller. And so if you really yeah. understand how effectively you're selling, that's it. That, that's the metric you need to be following. And as individual contributors, you need to be tracking your win rates. And there's really more than one win rate. Or it's sort of oversimplifying we say win rate because there's really, we have multiple win rates, even as individuals, right? It's, we have a win rate based on deal size, based on segment, based on, you know, all these other variables. But in general, if you just look at your win rate and just use it as a starting point, your overall average win rate, focus on that and make Which that. Which at best is what most people are looking at, right? They don't just lumping it all together and having a blended average. They do. And that can be misleading, right? Because there's plenty of instances where, you know, you go into an organization and a seller trumpets, well, I've got, you know, 50% win rate. And it's, you know, 50% win rate on low, small deals. And on the deals that really want to win, they've got like a 10% win rate. Mm -hmm. And so they can sort of take, you know, claim bragging rights for I've got this high win rate, but it, yeah, you're not really in alignment with where the company's trying to go and the type of deals you're trying to do and the type of business you're trying to win. So it takes a bit of scrutiny and analysis beyond just sort of the average. Average could be misleading. Right. And so it's one of the things that that my team that we're working on with companies now is is helping them really understand the story that their win rates tell them about their revenue help them unlock revenue opportunities that 
perhaps been hidden by really understanding what's the right mix of win rates you need uh, to grow revenue. Well, it can help you focus on where you can actually win oh, absolutely. more often or absolutely. where the biggest problem of losing way more than you're winning is, Yeah, which can easily be hidden in a blended Ab- overall win Absolutely. Rate. And so first sort of order of sensitivity, we're trying to help with companies because it's amazing most companies don't track this, is just let's, let's look in the habit of tracking win rate. And then once we get in that, then we can say, okay, we can help you sort of break this down, analyze this, and really diagnose um, the problems that exist and sort of what the path forward is and the right blend of win rates to help you achieve your revenue goals. But the first thing is we just get people sensitized to the idea that this is the metric you really need to be focused on. And there's a lot of debate around that because um, there's a lot of people sort of have bought into the system that, look, as long as we keep the top of the funnel really healthy and keep deal flow coming through, eh, win rate's unimportant, right? But there's so much waste that goes into just trying sure. to overcompensate with keeping the top of the funnel. Yeah. Because everybody thinks, oh, I just need more more at-bats, more meetings. I, yeah. Right? And you're really, um, and I would make the case, this is you know, hard for people to hear, but make the case, and I think it's a quite convincing case, that you know, if your win rates are 20% or 25% or 30%, You've got more than enough leads. Maybe you have too many. And yeah. so that's not the challenge. The challenge is, and this is another one of these vicious cycles, is if marketing relies on intelligence back from sales in terms of, hey, you know, we be more precise in our targeting of the opp- to potential opportunities that we actually win more frequently. Well, if you've got a bunch of sellers on low win rate, the intelligence they're feeding back to marketing is not very good. Mm. But if you are able to get your win rates up, you become more precise, right? Because your 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 experiences with the opportunities that you're actually winning. Now you say, "I've got we've got to start developing a track record that's pretty predictable and pretty consistent at a higher rate mm. with people that fit this profile." So get me more of these. But if you're only winning, you know, one of every five, chances are you got to you know one of two things are at play. <laughs> Either you don't have product market fit, if that's a condition that continues to persist, or, yeah, you just really need to upskill your sales efforts. Or suck at winning. That's just yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but I, I, was, <laughs> I was trying to be more positive know, about this. I know. Because but that's, that's an interesting perspective there because I, I don't, I know I've never thought of it, and I don't think many sales organizations are thinking about it, right? Like if we're, you know, giving this feedback to, to marketing, right? Mm-hmm. But that feedback is coming from 80% of the people you're losing with. Yeah. Well, and that's a real I mean, problem. Yeah. And, and the issues even go deeper. I mean, um, the folks that closed the platform win loss analysis platform did a study and they showed that, um, or found that, <laughs> that when sellers enter into the CRO system, the reason why they lost a deal, that they're mm. right, you know, because they went and validated them with the buyers, that the sellers only put the right reason in 15% of the time, one five, 15% of the time. So 85% of the time, the seller doesn't even understand why they lost the deal. Yeah. Or doesn't want to be honest about it. Either way, right? Somebody so else that, should be validating that. 
yeah, I mean, that speaks to why you need to be really be doing significant win-loss analyses uh, as a sales organization and, and not too often they leave that to sort of product marketing. <laughs> this is something sales really needs to dig into because, yeah, what the buyer is saying is, well, what was my experience like with your sellers? Mm. And this has, you know, this idea of the buying experience should be impacting how you hire and how you enable your sellers. It's a, and you think about all the pieces start coming together on this is that you all know, ask <laughs> sales managers all the time is, is hiring, you know, senior execs and so on is, so you're going to hire sales. Yeah. Great. So what, what are you trying to hire? Right. Mm-hmm. Who? And they are the list of yeah, usual suspects of things they want. Right. <laughs> and I said, Oh, interesting. I said, so have you ever asked your buyers what they need from your sellers? Because your buyers are basically, you know, if you believe, as I do, in the jobs-to-be-done theory of work, yeah. is your buyers are basically hiring you to help them make a decision. So what qualifications do they need in your sellers to be able to help them navigate through the buying process to make a decision? And shouldn't you be hiring people with those qualities and those experience, set of experiences? And then also then shaping your enablement and training programs to give people the skills to be able to help the buyers in the way they need. Yeah. Because the buyers will tell you. They'll tell you what they need. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and that you didn't forget to subscribe and share so that we can help more people transform the way they sell.